This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WBET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for tuning in. As the United States begins to pull out of Syria, a familiar adversary is stepping in. Russia is now getting involved in the separation of warring factions and leaning into a relationship with President Bashar al-Assad. So, where does that leave us, and in what ways is it benefiting Vladimir Putin. Here to tell us about all of this is someone who thinks a lot about Russia's role in the world. Wayne State University history professor Aaron Reddish, welcome back to Detroit Today. Nice to be here. Yes. Uh, So how has what we've seen the president do in Syria given Moscow a new opportunity to press Syria and assert itself as a power player in the Middle East? We've been talking a lot about Turkey and what it wants to do in northern Syria, But in some ways, that is both a proxy, I think, and uh, a a sort of reflection of partnership with with the Russians. Right. Uh, So uh, Russia's uh, been offered uh, this possibility of acting as a power broker in the last three weeks uh, to basically stabilize uh, a region uh, in the kind of the the border in between Turkey and Syria. uh, And once... Uh, once the U.S. Uh, pulled out, once it uh, kind of released its responsibility, uh, Putin was happy to step in um, once Erdogan kind of messed up the optics and tried to invade. Putin was able to uh, both kind of stabilize the region and also look like uh, the real uh, peacemaker in the region. Uh, so uh, the U.S. press has said that this is a win for Putin, and it is. Uh, the funny thing is, is that as a colleague of mine said that the Russian media always likes to spin things to say that it's a win for, for Russia. Uh, they only had to just basically take the Washington Post's headlines and repeat them. <laughs> uh, they said, yes, we agree. This is a win for Russia. And, and a win for Russia, does that necessarily mean a loss for us? Does that and that's necessarily the key mean a loss for the Syrians? Right. Uh, that's the key question. So, um, you know, we can look at this in kind of two ways. One is that this is um, a win for Putin is a loss for the United States, which uh, isn't true. And uh, also that uh, this was that this is a, uh, a long term gain a long-term victory for Putin, which uh, is also not true. So um, the the Russians had already been in the region, uh, so this was uh, something that they obviously had to step in for. Uh, the Kurds had actually already uh, pushed them uh, to help stabilize the region. Um, it helped uh, relations with, with Turkey as well. Um, the Russians had already been having a summit with uh, Turkey and Iran uh, to negotiate the future of Syria. So this was a natural uh, kind of a continuation of their relationship. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, this is also a low stakes, low investment gain for Russia. They're not bringing in many more troops. They're not spending more money. Uh, they're not extending their influence any further in this uh, in this uh, uh agreement. Um, so, you know, if we look at kind of the, the long term, the long term, this is this might just be a blip. This isn't um, a big gain. This isn't Russia taking over the Middle East. Hmm. The New York Times has a really interesting kind of infographic in on the website today that that tries to explain what's happening in 
northern Syria from a geographic standpoint, showing how the Russians and Turkey are kind of dividing up the northern part of the country. And I, I think you can't look at it without thinking that it just seems chaotic when, when you try to sort of establish who has control of what part of that country. There are a lot of different influences at play there. Right. Uh, so, um, you know, this is the, the limits of, of uh, military power, both of Turkey and of Russia, that Russia has troops and it has, uh, it has planes there, but it still is worried that uh, al-Qaeda and the, what used to be ISIS was going to harm their, their port. Uh, their own their own turf. They're still worried about blowback uh, into Russia itself. Uh, so, what the Russian foreign ministry has been saying is that they want a the national sovereignty of Syria. They want Syria to be whole, um, and that's going to be that's a big uh, that's a big step between today and the future that might make this into a quagmire for Russia, which is exactly not what Russia can handle. Hmm. And uh, the Turkish concern here along that northern border, the Times infographic talks about this this buffer zone. They wanted to establish this this buffer between Turkey and Syria because of what they call Kurdish terrorists. Um, uh, talk about how legitimate that concern is for, for Turkey. That's a concern that, that this country can relate to. Uh, and our allies, uh, like Israel, can relate to this idea that you do need distance to be able to defend your borders from people who who would uh, who would come over them. Sure, we uh, also shouldn't also kind of define all Kurds as Turk as terrorists. Uh, as terrorists, uh, right? Of course not. Um, and I think that's that's a real. I mean, it gets to the 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 previous question about um, kind of the confusion and a lack of understanding of what even is going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, I mean... I mean the Tur- Kurds are our allies, <laughs> uh, for starters, or some of yeah, them are, right? Right, right. Uh, and uh, there are also some that uh, have sided with Russia. There mm-hmm. are some, I mean, now the Kurds have uh, switched over to uh, support for uh, from Syria. So it is this big mess. Turkey wants this, uh, this buffer zone, um, they also want the Kurds out, not just because of um, questions of terrorism, but also one of larger political and historical tensions with the populations there, with the Kurdish populations, uh, trying to get uh, refugees back into Syria as well. So this is where it really gets messy. Um, what Russia wants is stability with all with all of this. Uh, the Kurds, uh, by all news accounts, have now... Uh, retreated back into Syria, uh, and the Russian, Syrian, and Russian Turkish patrols are now actually flying over uh, this this territory. Hmm. Uh, what is the what is the right way to think of from from the perspective of uh, our relationships in the region? What is the right way to think of the 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 retreat from this allyship with? Uh, Kurdish forces in in northern Syria. I mean, the the instant reaction from a wide spectrum of people was that this is betrayal and that it will it will damage our ability to get other people to to, to fight alongside us. But as you point out, it, it, nothing in this region is is 
quite that simple. Uh, what are the other dynamics that we ought to be aware of when we think about that that allyship with the with the Kurds? Uh, so if you broaden it out, I mean, it's it um, the media kind of across the the region and in Russia uh, have emphasized the fact that the U.S. has is not holding up to its it's not holding up to its word, uh, and that kind of the resonance is is something that we need to uh, understand. This is uh, this allowed Russia to. Um, move in to, to work with Turkey. Uh, it helped uh, relationships with um, Iran as well, which is also concerned about this. Uh, Israel is concerned about the instability uh, caused by the U.S. pullout. So it actually, it resonates far beyond our relationship with the Kurds hmm. uh, and something that uh, that we need to be aware of. And is that something that, that will, in the short term, perhaps lead to the kind of instability that will require more intervention on our part. I mean, one of the one of the president's arguments here is we're not the police force of the world, right? Right. And uh, that and that we're not long-term allies of, of the Kurds. That's right. Um this I think um forget when it was. Long ago I was on this show and we were talking about um U.S. intervention in Syria when Turkey, when the U.S. actually launched uh, missiles to into Syria, and we questioned: Is this a, a, a new policy or is this a one-off? It was a one-off. Hmm. The Trump's uh, Trump's policy, Trump's doctrine, is uh, disassociation with conflict. It's pulling out. Uh, there are going to be ramifications for that. One of them is going to be instability, and the other one is going to ha- be new powers asserting themselves, Russia, China, for example. Uh, and we have to be aware of that. I don't know if Trump's doctrine um, is at any time to intervene, uh, and we have to figure out what that actually is going to be. Does that perhaps, though, encourage more problems for exactly. us in the, in the region? In other words, yes. does, it, does it embolden factions that, that are— not only not our allies, but our enemies and the enemies of our other allies in the region. Yes. Yeah. We have to uh, we have to rethink the region if we're not going to um, commit to uh, troops or a kind of active intervention. Yeah. Um, Is there was there ultimately any way to prevent the humanitarian disaster that this represents in northern Syria? I mean, uh, even if we had decided to stay, we, we we wouldn't have stayed forever. Was this inevitable that we would have to pull out and that there would be some incursion by Turkey into that region because of their fears about terrorism? So as a historian, I always, I always, uh, I'm not good at what ifs, but, um, <laughs> you know, eventually one way that, that, uh, that this could have been prevented was, uh, more force by the United States, uh, more a larger, a broader coalition um, than working on infrastructure and uh, closer negotiations among all the partners. Uh, the U.S. could have been involved in the Astana summits, uh, working towards a future of Syria. Um, and there are a lot of different things that the U.S. could have done. Um, the humanitarian crisis. Uh, that's going on now began several years ago. Um, 
mostly led by the Syrian government with Russian help. And the U.S. could have been more aggressive in confronting and trying to stop that humanitarian crisis Mm. then. So there was a better way to do this than the way it was done, which is what you're hearing from lots of people who are criticizing the president, that even if you wanted this outcome, there was a better way to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, So what's next in in Syria? What's next in the region? Uh, That's a really interesting question. Um, (laughs) We'll see what happens. uh, We'll see what happens in a month. Uh, Now that the Kurds have pulled out, will this this, uh, buffer zone actually hold? I mean, look, as we've known for the last couple of years, um, Assad is going to win the civil war. He's going to hold on to power, uh, barring another Arab Spring mm-hmm. type uh, type situation. Uh, and we have to think about what that is going to mean for the region. It, it might mean more stability, but it's also um, you know the bloodbath that's going to ensue uh, later on. It means that Russia is going to have a stable. Uh, ally in Syria. It has close relationships with Turkey. Iraq is already talking about recalibrating uh, its alliances, uh, both with Russia and with Iran. Uh, So uh, we'll see by the end of the year, this might be a totally refigured um, Middle East. Hmm. Is the president right about the oil question here? I mean, he's holding that up as one of the victories for the United States in the short term, maybe that's true, but what are the long-term implications of it? Uh, it's uh, the, the oil in that the U.S. is defending the oil in, uh, of Syria and actually mm-hmm. trying to extract it. And so, to uh, it, right? yeah, uh, it's already being condemned. Actually, Russia today or last night uh, condemned uh, Trump, saying that this is illegal, um, which is kind of ironic for <laughs> Russia to say. Uh, and um, it's just not something you're supposed to say yeah. as, as, as uh, a, a political leader. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we still are waiting f- for this president, I think, to articulate a strategy and a policy approach that is more comprehensive than, than these kinds of one-off Oh, I'm winning here. I'm losing there. Uh, kind of statements. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Aaron Radish, history professor at Wayne State University with a specialization in Soviet and Russian history. It is always really great to have you here with us on Detroit Today. My I'm pleasure. Glad you, I'm glad you join. All right. That's going to do it for us today. Come back tomorrow for our special Halloween show. We're going to talk about the rules of Halloween from dressing up to trick or treating. And we are going to have a very serious debate about a specific kind of candy, candy corn. Some people love it. Other people absolutely despise it. We are going to get to the bottom of all of that tomorrow. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.